Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And today's show is going to be a little bittersweet because as we've done in the past, when a looped in co-host or regular contributor leaves the Chronicle, we dedicate an episode to them to talk about the highlights of their time at the Chronicle and their feelings about Houston and, of course, their time on Looped In. So today, listeners, I am sad to say that we are losing another one. Alan West is heading off to a new job. He's going to be staying in Houston, but he is going to be leaving the Chronicle for now. (laughs) I, I say for now because people who leave here tend to come back. I did it too. And Anyway, Alan, I I sure hope you come back. In any case, I was thinking about the show and what we would do with Alan. And I was on Facebook this week and I opened up Facebook Messenger, which I thought I had on my phone and I thought I was up on all of my messages, but it turned out that was not the case. I opened it up on my work computer and I realized that I had missed a bunch of messages that I had never seen. And Several of them were from listeners because, you know, at the end of every show, I say reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. And little did I know, people were reaching out (laughs) on Facebook, but I had not seen their messages. So I apologize to those listeners, and I think I responded to everyone who wrote me. But so it turns out that I was reading these messages, and one of the more recent ones was from a woman who said she missed the lightning rounds. And I thought, I miss the lightning rounds too. We've kind of gotten out of the habit of doing them as Looped In has taken on some more serious topics lately, and it just hasn't seemed appropriate to ask what a guest's favorite thing to order at a Mexican food restaurant is after they've just spent 20 minutes talking about homelessness and affordable housing. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad I got this note because... It reminded me of Looped In's original mission, which was always to talk about real estate in a way that was fun and relatable. And so today on the show, in an effort to bring back some of that fun, we are going to do an extended lightning round with our departing colleague, Alan West. Alan West, welcome to your last Looped In as a Chronicle journalist. Yeah. Hi. Hi. (laughs) We are also here with Lisa Gray, a longtime Houstonian and Chronicle writer and editor, who I think is the reason Alan came to the Chronicle in the first place. Lisa, did you recruit Alan? Oh, yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. So how how did you know him? Why did you want him to come Uh, He was working at Sight, and I knew that he had worked at Swamplot. He's fast and funny and smart. He knows the city. So when we were looking for a new person to edit Gray Matters, work with me on Gray Matters, he was obvious. And when was that, Alan? Uh, when did the recruitment process begin or when, when did, did I you move start? over? Uh, it was, geez, January 24th. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. 2000. Whatever it is. Eight, 17. <laughs> okay. Yeah. January 24th, 2017. Okay. It's right there on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell listeners where you're going? No. No. Right, no. Yeah. Can... I'm, uh, I'm taking a job. Uh supporting some of the research that comes out of the Environmental Defense Fund. So we'll be focusing on air quality and public health and trying to um, help everyone breathe a little easier. Wow, that's a big job here in Houston. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yep. 
And so you will come back and co-host with me at oh my gosh, yeah. occasion, right? Yeah, whenever, please. Okay. It'd be great. Well, do you remember your first time on Looped In? Yes. <gasps> um, yes. I think it, you asked me to come on to talk about 609 Main. That's right. A different skyscraper. <laughs> and we called that episode Swiping Right Swiping on right 609 Main, right? <laughs> Yeah, that was in the midst of my throes of online dating. So I was thinking a lot about, <laughs> about that, that, man, that man particular maneuver. Well, that was a, a great episode. Okay, and this probably won't be a traditional lightning round just because, yeah, we may want to, you know, ask some, we may want to discuss some we of your answers. We want follow-up questions. Follow up questions. We want to torture you. Yeah, please. But there are definitely going to be some of the classics. Mm -hmm. And I'll just start with one of those right mm -hmm. now. Favorite Houston building? Oh, God. Um, like you've never, round. yeah, like you've never thought about that before. Well, it changes a lot. I mean, I feel pressure to sort of do the unconventional thing, but look, a few weekends ago, I was having a, a rather a, a day of the blues. And so I, I walked over to the Manila, right? And mm -hmm. it's just extraordinary every time. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Don't be ashamed. There's, there's nothing wrong with calling a classic a classic. That's and So right. for me, the Manila is just, it's, I mean, yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. We take it for granted, though, don't you think? Like, it's always just there and free and beautiful every time. Yeah, it's so quiet. It's a big gray box. <laughs> it's a big gray box. Yeah. yeah. We need more big gray boxes. I know. I know. <laughs> Can I take this moment to tell you guys what my new favorite building is yeah, in Houston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... You might laugh, but it's the new Amogee building on the West Loop. <laughs> it's not bad, right? I mean, that's Picard Chilton, who did 609 Main. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do what you like about it, Nancy? Okay, so I drive home past it every night. And so a lot of times during sunset, I'll be driving home. And the way the other buildings reflect and the way the sun reflects on the glass... It's just really striking to me. And you're going home. And you're <laughs> That's and probably going part of it, right? I, yeah, <sighs> exactly. Yes, according to Google, Picard Chilton did do the Amogee Bank headquarters oh, there in Uptown. Okay, I should have known that. Yeah. Um, they also did the BHP building. Billiton, yes. mm -hmm. on on the other side of the West Loop, yep. which I've always liked that building mm -hmm. too. It's like... Like uh, pieces of paper, like four pieces of paper surrounding a building. Right. Yeah. Are they sort of the like new respectable architects of Houston? The yeah. ones that you go to when you want to be sure that you've got something good and classy? I think so. Yeah. Did they do 609 Main? They did do 609 Main. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Full circle. You want to ask the next one, Lisa? All right. Uh, Alan does not drive, which I think in Houston makes him very strange. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... What's your favorite bus? My favorite bus? <laughs> well, we were just talking about the 25 this morning. That's their favorite? <laughs> it's that's the, the one I use the, that's the one yeah. I use the most. My favorite my favorite line? My favorite bus? Okay, I like your favorite the favorite bus line. Yeah. I like the 9. I used to take the 9 from Midtown here to work, and it's such an interesting route/route because it connects U of H and then it comes through um, Third Ward into Midtown, it gets on the freeway, it gets off the freeway, it goes into Upper Kirby and then to West Park and then to Points West. And I've never gone, I've never gone farther than, than our building, but it's an interesting route. That was a, a great question. 
Okay, so the next one is, what's your least favorite bus? <laughs> and, and I should point out now that Alan has coffee on his shirt. <laughs> because of the 25. <laughs> Which, it's not, let's not blame Metro for that. But I joked on Twitter a few days ago, it's, it's like bone jarring to take the articulated 25 on Richmond either way, because the street is just riddled with patches and yeah. potholes and... My coffee slurped out of my cup onto my beautiful shirt. Are you allowed to drink on the bus? Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I th- actually, I don't think you are. I don't even know. But the driver didn't stop me, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm thinking that we need to do a looped in on the bus. You should totally. Yeah, yeah. Not know. you. You <laughs> and me and Lisa, if she wants, and our producer, we take looped in on the road. On, on the, the bus. Oh, on the, the sound number? would be great. The sound would it? be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, we'll go number nine. Okay. So we can drink our coffee and not spill. <laughs> but yeah, we'll go through all the neighborhoods and you can point out all the, you know, all the sights and <laughs> the sounds. Sites. It'll be a tour. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great Oh, maybe idea, we could get actually. listeners too. We'll have a bus tour. <gasps> that would be great. All right. Uh, back to uh, lightning round. Um, 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 favorite episode of Looped In? Fa- Ooh. Excluding the ones that I've I've been on? No, anyone. Uh, um, <laughs> let me take a sip of coffee. I, I I always thought the loopies were really fun. In part yeah. because we could hear from from some of our colleagues who had done reporting on those stories. Mm-hmm. And we got a, just a lot of different voices. Yeah. Lisa? All right. So what's your least favorite building in Houston? <laughs> <laughs> Another great question. <sighs> Oh my goodness! Um, wow! 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 You can choose a classic. Yeah, you can choose something unusual. There's so many choices. Don't There's say so Amagi. Don't say the Amagi. No, no, no! Please. I think it's perfectly respectable. Respectable. I mean, come on! You know what the competition is. Yeah, this is least this is tough. favorite building. A lot of people say the Federal Reserve, the Michael Graves Federal Reserve. Building. No, no, no! no. We're not asking a lot of people. We're asking you. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. I have to go on record here? On record. Yes. I am not enthusiastic about the new opera house at Rice. Oh, why? You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I've, mm, uh, I, look, I'm not an architecture expert. I don't right. know any of this stuff. It's well, all just knee jerk taste. Yeah. Exactly. That makes me deeply uncomfortable, Lisa. <laughs> That's why we're here. Lisa, what's your least favorite building? Oh, this is so fun. Oh, there's near my house, there is going up one of those brand new brick things that goes lot line to lot line and has zero personality. Mm-hmm. I hate it because it's closest to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a genre that mm-hmm. just drives me up a wall. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure it's probably good for my property values, but, oh, that's so wrong. Yeah, not for your taxes. Yeah, but I'm not here. We get to torture. I know. I I, know. I'm just torturing Alan. I'm well, not, I feel bad about you know, calling right out now. the opera house. I mean, it's just— Too I, late. It's too late. But right there, and you know, with the Anderson Clark building and the Moody Center, it's it's sort of in this no person's land between the 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 sort of direction that Rice is headed and the the direction from which it's coming, and it can't quite figure out whether it wants to be neoclassical or something else. And yeah, and on a campus like Rice's, it stands out if you're just a little off. Right. That's so thoughtful. Didn't both of you go to Rice? No. But he used to work there. I used to work there. Well, the really thoughtful answers I thought What's you your might least throw favorite? out. What's your least favorite? I, 
so many, but um, I mean, I I was expecting to hear like a magic island or something. Oh, that's kind of great in its funky way. I know. It's a love and hate kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like they're doing more to it. It's been about to reopen for more than a decade, (laughs) but they're finally like redoing the weird King Tut head. Right, right, right. (laughs) On top of it. Okay. uh, Next question. Favorite barbecue in Houston? Mm. I'm not a huge barbecue connoisseur, which I know is sort of blasphemy. But, but, however, nevertheless, <laughs> I like. I think the pit room is is good because it's off the twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about transit. <laughs> it's, I mean, it really is about access and proximity. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's the last place I went that was really good. Okay. Yeah. How about um, Mexican food? Favorite thing to order at a Mexican restaurant. A la Erin Mulvaney. That's her, that, that was her question. L- lately, we've been going to Superica and La Lucha. Okay. Up, um, Over by the new HEB and the yeah. Northern Heights. Heights Extended. Shady Acres. Whatever sea. it is. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I like to get a, 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 a poblano stuffed with anything. Oh, mm. yum. Okay. All right. You know literature. What's your favorite book about Houston <laughs> or by a Houston author? By, oh, I'll wow. Give you, I'll open it up a little. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, there is, so I will credit my friend Raj. Um, he turned me on to both the, the work of Lisa Gray. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. It's true. Suck it's true. Up. In 2009, I took a uh-huh. class at U of H that uh-huh. was taught that by Raj. That is not a book. No, but one of our course readings was a packet of your of her work. Oh, wow. So I was Lisa's fan. I didn't know that. Much, much, <laughs> really? That's amazing. You know, you, it was like this, the, the Pasadena Bank and things like that that you had written about. And so that was one of my first introductions to the Chronicle and okay. to, to Lisa was huh. through Raj. So you're part of a academic curriculum oh, that's somewhere. terrifying. <laughs> All right, but a book. Come on, but a, a book. book. So anyway, the, the, book is, the book is um, by Woldy Ayeli who studied at U of H, I think, and I think maybe is from Ethiopia, but he sort of vanished, like no one can find him. But he wrote this this sort of, uh, it was from Hothouse Press that was like this UH-based um, small books press in the 80s, I think, um, part of the creative writing program. It's this weird meditation of him sort of wandering through the city, um, um, having these dreams of, of, of being in a bus terminal in Mexico City. At one point, he lies in the middle of a street in downtown Houston and, and, just, and just daydreams. So it's this sort of flannery experience of, of the weirdness of this place. Oh, that um, sounds really good. It's called Mirage. Huh. Yeah. And I, it's, it's way out of print. I don't even know that you can get a copy anymore. Does this book really exist? Oh, it totally does. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. it's out of print. The out author's print. gone. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Okay. Yeah. But it's wonderful. David Tice's um, Literary Houston Anthology is really good. Um, everyone would say Sig Bird, but you can't get those either. Unlike Wally Ayeli. Yeah, right. The best Houston books are the ones you can't get. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Blood and Money. Yes. Love that book. Yes. Attica Locke is really good about Houston. She has this book called Blackwater Rising. That's really good. It's sort of this noir crime novel. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a poem about Houston that you like? Well, Nancy, of course, you know, Houston is a poem. So (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, man, oh man. Because you have a you have an extensive poetry back background. Yep. Um, there's a good one by Tony Hoagland, the late Tony Hoagland. That's um, I don't remember the title, but each line sort of says something like, "Because it's Houston, mm. um, a streetlight will stand in for the moon." In this poem, so it's sort of this meta commentary on on the way that the urban environment infringes on the natural world, and yet you know it's deeply lovable too. Hmm. That's, That's a like, good one. It sounds like looped in a little bit, right? <laughs> Yeah, like that could be our our tagline. What did you just say? I don't, I don't Before know. Before the deeply to... lovable, that's all I can focus on. <laughs> we'll have to wind the tape back. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in a similar vein, mm-hmm. what's your favorite children's book? My favorite children's book? Yes. I just bought my daughter the unbudgeable curmudgeon <laughs> that I got at the Manila bookstore, but that's a good one. That's yeah. Good one. Okay. The unbudgeable curmudgeon? The unbudgeable curmudgeon. Huh. I love Harold and the Purple Crayon. Uh-huh. And I love uh, um, Ferdinand the Bull. Okay. Well, I'll bring up my one of my favorites from when I was a kid, The Little House, because it's a real oh. estate story. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, about a holdout. About a holdout. Really? Yep. So good. Uh, love the art. There's Just bones in that house. Makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 it's no, not no, that different. kind of house. Sorry, sorry, right. sorry, sorry. Children's book. Okay, Lisa? Okay, so along the same lines, what's your favorite playground in Houston? Ooh. You, you've researched this with your daughter. I have, I have. My favorite playground is the adventure playground at the parish school. Why? Oh. It's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. So, okay, this is one of these op-eds I'm going to send you that you okay, can reject, okay. but... <laughs> I'm looking. I think, okay, so we we have a lot of pretty solid playgrounds. The one at Emancipation Park, I think, is fantastic. The Levy Park one is interesting, even though there's no swings, which I think is a demerit. But, yeah, the Adventure Playground at Spring Branch, I think, is where I would want to take my daughter the most. Because, and as you're there as an adult, it makes you also want to play. And it's just this weird yard in the floodplain behind this school with overgrown grasses and wildflowers and structures made out of broken culverts and plywood and slides and there's a zip line and saws and, and hammers. And it feels and incredibly paint. dangerous. Not dangerous, risky. Risky. Okay. <laughs> Not dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Research shows that in fact children it's they get injured much less on adventure playgrounds in this counterintuitive way because it seems more dangerous. So their natural instincts of preservation kick in. And they're less reckless. Whereas on a basic, ordinary, lawyer-designed playground that you have at parks all over the city, kids conquer it within a day and they get bored and they start to use it in ways that it wasn't designed to be used. And that invites injury. So That's so interesting. I've never been there. Can anyone go? Is it open to the public? Yeah, it's open after school. I think there are maybe membership fees. Okay. Because it's on the grounds of a school. Right. But it's- A private school. Yeah. Huh. Okay. But that's my favorite by far. Yeah, I was going to say, not that I was asked, but I remember doing a story on, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the architecture firm that designed a lot of these newer playgrounds, like the one the one at Buffalo Bayou Park. and SWA group? SWA, yeah, yeah they're doing a lot of them. And Yeah, that's a good playground, the, the, the nature playground at Buffalo Bayou. That has that slide down toward the bayou. Yeah, 
They also, I believe it was SWA, they did one in Cinco Ranch called Exploration Park. And I was doing a story mm. on this. And so I met them out there and was totally blown away. And the next weekend took my family out to Cinco Ranch to go to a park. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I drove out, drove out 20, 30 minutes or so, which is not... What, what was so great about it? It was, it was very concentrated. Just geographically, all of the activities seemed very concentrated. And there were just things I had never seen before mm. at a park. Just lots of like loose, you know, bricks. I'm using quotes because <laughs> they're obviously not bricks, but they were soft materials and and just lots of nets to climb on yeah, and lots of levels. And there there were there was more landscaping that was sort of incorporated throughout the park and the sensory garden and all of that. I love it. And you know the arboretum I think is redoing their Oh yeah, they're supposed playground. to playground. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So okay. All right. What's the best place to be a flaneur? The best place to be a flaneur. What is a flaneur? A flaneur. Uh, it's... He dropped the word flannery earlier in oh, this conversation, so he deserves the question. Yeah. Oh, so describe okay. it. Well, I sort of have developed this course that I like to teach around town. But uh, so a flanner is the 18th century, 19th century sort of name for the literary figure, the person, the ambler, the idler, the wanderer of a, of a city Okay, from Charles Baudelaire. Of course, there's some class and um, gender issues there that we, that we want to talk about. But so essentially it's, you know, it's an, anyone who sort of just wanders through a space with okay. nowhere to go and, and no judgments to make. Um, and so this the, is a really highbrow. I know. I so I am. pretentious. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not really like this. I guess I am. Apparently, <laughs> this is why. This is why when you have me on the show, usually I just sit there and giggle. You know, because in order yeah. to protect everyone from me. <laughs> no, no, um, no. The best place to do it, man, man, oh man, oh man. I think anywhere is a good place to do it. I, I'm sort of biased to the East End because I lived there so long, and it's it's. It's hard to walk there, but it's it's just fascinating. So it's adventure flannery? Adventure flannery, yeah. And you sort of need... Because like, you might be run over at any moment right? or attacked <laughs> by a pit bull. Right. Like in your neighborhood, right? I was yeah. telling you about the Great Dane that knocked me off my bicycle. That was fun. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I think the East End is just... it's. I mean, there's so much weird industry there. and This is very different than the Baudelaire version. Yeah, the Baudelaire was just walking down these housemanized boulevards in Paris and... Dusting soot off his overcoat. And us, it's... They're soot. They're soot. <laughs> yeah. No overcoats. Yeah, I think for me, it's like anywhere there's there's a good mix of old industrial buildings that are abandoned that I can maybe sneak in. So first ward, second ward. Yeah. Okay. Favorite Houston street? <sighs> oh, man. Um <laughs> That's a, such a hard one. There's so many different criteria. I think... Well, you don't drive, so... I don't drive. I feel like your your answer or your knowledge is somewhat limited. I do drive. I just okay. won't drive. Right. Yeah. You don't have a car. He's um, a conscientious objector. I'm a conscientious objector, <laughs> and I'm very poor. Um, I, I like Bayland Avenue and Woodland Heights a lot. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the live oaks are beautiful. and The canopy. The canopy. <sighs> what about your least favorite street? <laughs> um, oh boy, that's that's a hard one. I think Kirby. Kirby. Yeah, 
maybe Kirby between um, Holcomb, Holcomb, and Fifty Nine. <laughs> I uh, think is rough. I'd take it all the way to uh, Westheimer. Yeah, I think. But have you? You've never walked on the sidewalks there, have you? Oh no, no, no! Right. I would <laughs> yeah. never. I guess I'm so. I'm coming from a pedestrian <laughs> perspective, and it's and you're a survivor. I'm a survivor. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Can we keep talking about the worst streets in Houston? Oh, okay. Yeah, runner up. Yeah, yeah. Let's go on. Well, I think Westheimer could be. It it should. It's it's the best place to walk, and it's the worst place to have to do it. You know, so many curb cuts. The sidewalk is just broken. Mm -hmm. If it exists at all, Mm -hmm. half the time you're walking through a sort of a parking lot. Yeah, isn't that the authenticity of it? (laughs) The urban experience. It's very authentic. Yeah. I mean, you, Nancy wrote that story about, you know, these high-end places coming in and the once seedy Lower Westheimer. I mean, the sidewalks are still pretty seedy. Yeah. yeah. And there was that big project that was proposed by the city to completely redo that yeah. part of Lower Westheimer. And now it's on the back burner, of course. And mm. um, so, yeah, we'll see if that ever happens. Lisa? All right. Let's see. What is the main thing that Houston needs to change? Oh, my God. If you're emperor. If I were emperor? Uh-huh. Sun king. <laughs> um, oh. Well, I was thinking about this yesterday, so I'll just say it. But I think that the one thing that Houston needs to change is we need to begin to embrace our geographic reality and what makes the city um, geographically unique and that um, we need to stop putting buildings (laughs) where we know there's a likelihood of flooding. I mean, that would have all sorts of cascading effects in in terms of walkability and density and transit and everything else, Um, both good and bad. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say that's the thing that we really ought to start thinking about. Okay, what is your favorite millennial trend? <laughs> killing, killing stuff. I love that we're killing stuff. Killing what? Things that millennials kill? Yeah, we're killing... You're not, you're not, you're not out we're there killing, killing animals to barbecue. No, no, most of us are vegans. Um, <laughs> we're killing uh, mayonnaise. We're killing divorce. We're killing some of us. Um, fine china. We're killing fine china. So that's my favorite trend story. Okay. Yeah. But home ownership because you're still paying off your student loans. Well, yeah. 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 The suburbs. Until we we start to have kids. Right. (laughs) And then we, that's where we go. Right. Because that's all you can afford. Right. But you do actually eat avocado toast. Oh, I love it. You're not killing that. No. No. I mean, so to speak. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. Well, those, I think those are all mine. I could go on. I could go on for hours. Um, Lisa, do you have any other good ones? I feel like your questions are, are far superior oh, to mine. Because they're meaner. They're oh. more Houston-centric. All right. Let's do an easy one. What's your favorite thing about Houston? Last question. Your Valentine. Well, I just think that this is a, a city with a can-do spirit. That's Classy. Yeah. I mean, Very that's, classy. I know that that's Nancy's, one of Nancy's biggest pet peeves. I think it's fine. You I do? think it's I think it's true. Yeah? Cuz other cities don't have a can-do spirit. Right. <laughs> the, my favorite thing about Houston, it, it's our diversity. 
<laughs> I don't know. It's it's weird, right? Because I think that of course you're very fond of the place. You choose I, I'm ex- to stay here, I, mm-hmm. right? I yeah, I I love this place. It's very weird to love Houston, and I think that you know all the pat answers are exactly that, and and there's some truth to them. But it's weird to me that you know the more you ask people this question, it's often saying, you know what I like about Houston? It's the people. As though there's some special sauce here that we get in the mail every day to keep Don't ourselves. people in every city say that? Yeah. So I think we need to push a little bit farther. We need to push a little bit further, right? To say. The opportunity. Yeah. Or <laughs> affordability or whatever else it is. You All know, the parking I mean, places. Yeah. Lots of <laughs> parking is abundant. But I, I mean, I guess for me, it's like the people that I've met here. I think that. To me, the really interesting thing about Houston is that we have many problems as a city and the scale of them is immense, right? But like the thing that keeps me interested in this place is that at the scale of our problems, we have so many nonprofits and task forces and researchers and weird sort of DIY advocates who are just starting things because they they see that there's a need and they there's this sort of like gritty tenacity about confronting all the damage that's been done for 200 years, right? We actually think this place can get better. Yeah, yeah. And people are working with with incredible energy and selflessness like to continue to try to make this place livable, even though it never has been, right, from the very beginning. <laughs> Maybe someday. Right. Maybe someday it'll be the paradise that the Allen Brothers promised, right? <laughs> We're still we're, right. We're still slapping the mosquitoes. We're still, you know, mucking out houses. You know, well, you know. Like, there's another. The thing. There's, a, there's yeah. another way to say that. What is it? Can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the people. It's the people. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Alan, we're sure gonna miss you, but I'm excited to see you again on Looped In and have you back. And Lisa, thank you so much for oh, joining fun. me today. Good. Good. This and is my new favorite looped in episode. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, you got to promote it. Lowest lightning round. <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, thank you for being here as well. Please subscribe to Looped In on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please tell a friend or tell social media because we're trying to grow. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter. I promise I will find your messages on Facebook. <laughs> and um, until next time, thanks for listening. 